Dedication. This novel has been many years in the making. When my sons were young and I was working on this manuscript in the evenings, they asked me to dedicate my first published book to them. Promise kept. I lovingly dedicate this, my first full-length work, to my sons Alexander James Stewart and Baron Christopher Stewart, both of whom love fantasy nearly as much as I do. The Dragon's Lullaby Canticle of the Worm I have lived for centuries, more time than you can comprehend, through the time of the elves, through the dawn of men, when our only enemies were ourselves. Now I sleep and nestle deep within the earth, coiled round the coins, older even than my birth. But one day the earth will shake, and then shall I wake. So let the sages scheme, the bards sing, the witches scream, the poets dream, and the elves flee, to no avail. I still shall be their destiny. Prologue Splintering wood and shattering glass wrenched Quillen Apdirn away from his pleasant dream. He blinked quickly, trying to banish the sleep-induced numbness in his eyes, attempting to see in the inky darkness of the chamber. Had the noise been part of the dream? He wasn't sure, as the dream had already flitted away from waking conscious, as nocturnal reveries often do, so that, within seconds, he could not quite remember what the dream had been about. The sound had seemed to be outside the dream. His senses were tingling, and the last wisps of slumber were melted away as adrenaline coursed through his system, making him feel warm, awake, and scared. From a distant part of the house, the study, he surmised, the sound of glass-breaking occurred again, softer and shorter than the first crash, and Quillen knew he had not been dreaming the sound. Two muffled thumps followed, and the man sat up reaching for the nightgown hanging neatly on a took beside the bed within easy reach, simultaneously turning and placing his feet on the small rug upon which his slippers rested. He donned the shoes by feel, stood up, and slipped on the nightgown. Several winters before, a tree, the victim of an ice-storm, had fallen into the study. That had certainly been startling, not to mention messy and somewhat destructive. The tree, however, had manifested its presence in one loud crash— rather than two or three individual sounds. Another thump drifted through the darkness, and he realized something alive had violated the sanctity of his study. The man was not as affected as other elderly men awakened from a sound sleep in the middle of the night might have been, and he quickly reined in his emotion and began thinking. For Quillen Abdirin was a wizard, and wizards, trained in an art thriving on mystery, recovered from surprise and fear at an astounding rate. He reached for the candlestick holder on the nightstand beside the bed, then thought better of it. Light might provide him with a sense of propriety, creating a false sense of safety within the radius of its golden glow, but that would be a false comfort. Any light would serve as an unmistakable warning the wizard was awake, as well as pinpointing his position. Fortunately, Quillen had resided in the house for more years than he cared to remember, and he knew the location of every piece of furniture, every door, and every creaking floorboard. The darkness would provide greater safety than the light source to him, and would also serve as a foil to an intruder. He moved quietly towards the chamber door. As he crept along, the mage took mental stock of the spells he currently had memorized. Ensconced in the apparent safety of his own home, he had devoted the majority of his spell complement to day-to-day -day spells focused on research, his home repertoire, he called it, 
spells that repaired or cleaned dusty and damaged tomes, divination spells, spells allowing one to translate unknown tongues. None of these were much use to a mage raided at night by unknown adversaries. Quillen had lived a long time, and old mages rarely attained such status if they were careless. Thus, even at home, Quillen had several combat-oriented spells on hand. One was a spell protecting a person from magical effects. He cast it on himself before opening the door. Before him, though he could not see it, was a small landing bare except for a standing clock, an oddity crafted in the barony of Trevor, and presented by a grateful student to his master a quarter century ago, and, on the opposite side, an ornately carved oak door leading to the study. The ticking of the clock seemed jarring as the old man moved slowly across the Spartan chamber toward the study door. Quillen had a fleeting hope the shuffling within was that of an animal of some sort, but discarded the notion with a wry smile. Animals didn't break through windows into people's houses. Whatever was rustling around in there was sentient and potentially deadly. He wished he had a weapon of some sort, but both his staff and the brace of daggers he always carried with him when he went out of doors were in the study. He was old, and his strength was not what it had been several looster before. He would have to rely on magic and wit for protection. As he moved toward the door, the mantle of clouds that had drifted across the moon moved away, allowing a faint but clear light to spill through the windows, creating two rectangles of light on the floor and permitting Quillen to see. He was not sure if the light was a boon or not, but he knew the study, featuring large windows on the two outside walls, would be illuminated as well. He lifted the latch and allowed the door to creak open of its own volition, frowning at the noise that announced his presence. The study was weakly illuminated, making everything look gray. A faint breeze stirred the curtains, framing a broken window, and its shattered frame flapped eerily in the night air. The breeze bore the smell of freshly cut grass, and, beneath it, the almost imperceptible aroma of the wildflowers Quillen himself had so carefully planted in beds beneath the window casements. The silhouette of a hooded and cloaked figure stood on the opposite side of the room, its cloak stirring faintly in mimicry of the curtains. "'Who are you?' Quillen barked. "'Who dares violate the sanctity of my home?' The figure did not reply, and Quillen took a cautious step forward, intending to scan the rest of the room, much of which was lost in shadow. From the darkness of one of the opposite corners he heard the unmistakable twang of a bowstring, and he jumped to the side in a desperate attempt to avoid the missile. He smacked squarely into the door jamb, but the resulting pain in his shoulder was overwhelmed as the arrow he could not see embedded itself in his stomach. The impact doubled him over, and he gasped as a shaft sank deep into his vitals. Two more cloaked figures leapt from the darkness, moonlight flickering on their sword blades. To the surprise of himself and his attackers, Quillen was still in the fight. Seeing only two shapes hurtling toward him for the encompassing darkness, Quillen, augmented with fear and desperation, unleashed a spell on instinct. He felt the heat of the raw energy coalesce momentarily in the palm of his hand before it flowed through his fingertips and leapt from his outstretched fingers to snap across the darkness and disappear within the layers of one of the assailant's billowing cloak. The man screamed, the impact knocking him backwards against the large desk that was the centerpiece of the room before he fell writhing to the floor. Quillen's elation was short-lived. The other man's sword bit deep into the old man's chest, and the blade of a third attacker who had been hiding along the wall behind the door flickered in the moonlight as it neatly and efficiently decapitated the mage. 
The room was filled with the smell of blood and burnt clothing and flesh. Find it, the man beside the window hissed. What about the bodies of my master and our brother? queried the bowman as he emerged from the shadows. Find it, repeated the other. Four figures spread out across the room and began rustling through the mage's books and papers. A cloud bank, driven mercilessly across the stormy sky, engulfed the moon, and the chamber was again cloaked in darkness.